Welcome back. Episode three of Red Wine and CBD, the podcast. So I think it dawned on the Jeremy's and myself that we're three episodes in and we've talked ad nauseum about CBD, but we have not talked about red wine yet uh, or just wine in general. And uh, before we started recording here, Jeremy Lang already let it slip that uh, his drink of choice this evening is a bottle of wine from Costco. Uh, So we realized we needed to bring in an expert. Uh, so we called upon <laughs> Corinne Holman Martin is joining us. Uh, she is a she's going through some wine education certifications right now. Uh, Corinne, I think you could do a lot better job of explaining the process of what you're going through right now than I would. So why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your training and uh, your passion for wine? Thanks, Tom. Um, first of all, I am not going to. Uh, bash what Jeremy is drinking, um, also known as Lang. Whatever floats your boat, man, that's what you should drink. Whatever makes hey, you happy. Red wet, so, I, Karen, so we're good. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. And that's how I feel about wine in general. But thank you, Tom. Um, first of all, I would probably consider myself a wine enthusiast, not a wine expert. And the only reason why I say mm. that is wine is ever changing and it's you're just constantly learning all the time. But to give you the boring background, uh, currently I um, have certification in Wine Spirits Education Trust in level one and two, probably for the most, for most people, you know, no one would know what the hell that is, but just know with a lot of studying and, and some testing. I'm undergoing level three um, and I, I'm going to call myself out. I actually sat for the level three exam and I failed. Um, I failed uh, one of the three sections. Therefore, I had to take the whole damn thing over again. It was fucking hard. Um, but you know what? I, I'm okay with that because I learned a lot from the experience. So going through level three, and then I am going to go for my diploma uh, in, in wine. So I'm really more on the education side. I also did my introduction to sommelier through the Court of Master Sommeliers, and I passed that motherfucker, and that was great. Um, so that's where I'm at right now. So I would, you know, again, just say I'm a wine enthusiast and, and really enjoy learning about wine and, of course, drinking wine. So what's the end goal there, Corinne? And by the way, thank you for joining the podcast. It's great to see you. And, you know, what's the uh, having known you for so long, I always known you for a wine enthusiast. But what's the what's the end goal of this? Well, I, I will tell you, um, it depends on who you talk to. I think if you talk to my husband, the end goal is to um, spend as much money as possible on wine. <laughs> but I, I would say my end goal for sure is to, you know, eventually look to the future of uh, taking the work that I've done in experiential marketing and taking that to wine. I really enjoy doing customized, personalized wine tasting. Um, I also love, uh, you know, taking people on, you know, trips to really have them experience wine, but not in a what would be considered a typical fashion. You know, I want people to experience wine that they may have been a little bit leery to try or get out of their comfort zone, really expand their palate. And so that's kind of the end goal for me as I look towards uh, becoming a little bit older and and possibly shifting careers down the road. Um, That's that's what I really want to do is just 
continue to educate people with wine and also have a great time with it. That's cool. It's able to like compare two passions of yours. Uh, and because I know passion of yours mm-hmm. is hosting clients, well-behaved clients. And, you know, there's, <laughs> we all know the ill-behaved clients and, and who they may be. But, uh, you know, I think <laughs> it's very rare in life that you get to kind of combine passions. And I think that's it's perfectly fitting for what Jeremy and I started and why we started Queen City Greens. Because we have, we have a passion for CBD and a passion for educating people because it's very similar to yourself. I think we're enthusiasts mm-hmm. for CBD. We're also educators and we're trying to educate those because we always, you know, real estate, which is also a side hustle for JD, it's location, location, location. And we, we feel in CBD, it's about education, education, education. And it's, you know, the mis- there's a lot of misconceptions we've talked on this podcast in the past. Is there's a lot of junk out there, like there is wine, right? So it's, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, the stuff you buy at Quick Trip, CBD or wine is pretty much crap. And the stuff you buy, you know, at... <clears throat> at wine stores or CBD stores is more authentic and real to its nature. Right. So it's, 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 there's a lot of similarities, which, which is one of the reasons why we went down the path of red wine and CBD is because, you know, there's a lot of education that goes in all of it. And it's, it, it's great to hear what your passions are. Cause that, those are kind of like sim- similar, like I said, to why we started Queen City Green. That's great, Lane, because I think, you know, one of the things I've learned about wine education is I hear from people who will say, oh, I hate drinking Cabernet. And I'll ask them, why? Well, I had a really bad experience. It gave me a headache. I'll, I'll go deeper. I'll ask them, what were you eating at the time when you were drinking wine? Um, you know, what were you doing and so forth? Cause it plays into all of that. And I'll, you know, point blank, ask them, where did you buy it? What were you drinking? Because when you look at a mass production wine, it's, it's very different from maybe a boutique small lot wine that you're drinking. There is nothing wrong with mass production wine. There's a purpose to that, right? If, you know, it's, it's, it's economically works for most consumers and that's fine, but you need to know what you're going to get. But when you compare that to all wines, I'm going to call bullshit on that. I'm going to say, listen, more than likely I can find you a wine in the same price point. That's going to be at a higher quality. And that's just educating people on what to look for right. because wine can be intimidating. I'm sure same with CBD. It's like, where do you begin? Because there's so much information out there. It's like, well, shit, I, I don't even know where to start. Right. Like, how do I know from quality stuff from bad stuff? And I think that gives, you know, a, this is a great platform to share that on some of the tips that we can offer to people to make them feel comfortable making those purchases with CBD and wine and so forth. And then even better Wine, red wine infused with CBD, and you know, are people going to be comfortable with that? I yeah, probably jumped the uh, gun, you, you Wayne, so sorry. In, <laughs> use the word intimidated, and I, I would I would agree that when I'm usually at a restaurant and the wine menu comes around, I pass it to the person to my left or right because I don't want to be the guy who picks the wrong bottle of wine. I look at price, and, and I don't, you know, it's the it's the it, it's the you know, it's the first thing you look at. Well, that's got to be good. It's 80, 88 bucks a bottle, whereas you know, I have no idea, right? So. <laughs> Hence my well, Costco I mean, wine here with Snoop Dogg on it. So, Well, Snoop is the man. But I would say when you're going into a restaurant, know that that wine price is about three times higher than you would get in retail. 
you know, and that's, and that's how restaurants make their money. So listen, I've gone into restaurants and I've seen some wines in there that are at an 80, $90 price point. And I'm going, shit, I could have gotten that for like 21 bucks. So, but a lot of people are not going to know that. And a lot of times they'll drive, that is a driver for them thinking that if it's a high priced wine, that is a high quality wine. And that's not always the case. Right. Hey, Corinne, I've got a question for you. If someone is going to sitting down at a restaurant, like we're talking about, do you have any tips for being able to select, uh, you know, a good glass or, or bottle of wine, depending on the group size? Well, the one thing I would recommend is asking if the restaurant has, you know, on the floor sommelier. And if they have a sommelier, they describe like, okay, this is what I'm looking at from a price point standpoint. And and I would also say a sommelier might let you do a taste and see if you even like the wine, especially if it's a wine by the glass. And, and not to be afraid to ask the questions, right? Because there are people there to help you and they want to educate as well. Um, I would also say, JD, you know, I can give you my phone number and people could text me and send me a snapshot of what the wine list is. Lang's done it. My husband's done it. Everyone's I done have. it. So, you know, if you if you have a friend that that loves wine, shit, send over the wine list to me and I'll help you pick it out. Um, but I think more importantly, it's it's don't be afraid to ask questions about the wine and tell them you know, what you like, what, you know, do you, are you more on the white wine side? Are you more on the red side? Don't be intimidated because that's what they're there for. They want to educate, but they also want to sell wine on the floor too. But if you give them a price point, they're going to work. They're going to work with you. That's good. That's good. Thank you. What are you, what's your, when you're going into a, when you're going to a wine store and they're trying to push, they're trying to push wine. What are you thinking? What are you pushing? What do you, what, how do you deal with that question? It's a great question. Uh, because a lot of times when I do go in the store, I, I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I will go up and down the aisle of the wines. I will touch bottles. I will just, I guess, I just love that. And I think a lot of people that are working, the sales folks that are working in the store, look at that as someone who doesn't know what they're looking for. So it's a little bit of a game for me. I, you know, I kind of play the game. I'll see what they're going to try to sell me. And a lot of times it becomes very personal. The salesperson's like, listen, you know, I really like this wine. This is what I like about it. And I'll ask them, what do you like about it? What's so great about this wine? And I'm, I tend to be fairly open-minded, but I also know it depends on what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a gift, or if I'm looking at hosting people, it could be completely different on what I'm going to buy, right? And the one thing I would say is for me personally, every bottle of wine is an experience because I think about how the wine is made, what was the weather at the time when those grapes were harvested, the people that harvested the grapes, what was going through the mind of the winemaker when they were making that wine? Uh, I also, one of my, my things is, is I, it doesn't matter if it's a lower price wine or a high price wine. It could be, it should be treated with respect because of the work that went into making the wine. And so those are, that's a lot of shit that 
that I deal with when I go into a store, which is not the average consumer, Lang. Most consumers, they will drink the wine within six hours of purchasing the wine. More than likely, when I purchase the wine, I might be looking at, this is an investment. I'm going to lay this down for a few years and I'm not going to touch it. Or again, like I said, or I'm hosting an event or I'm hosting some friends and I want to expand their palate. It can go all over the place. And I think that's why it's really important to ask the questions of people of what, what they're looking for when they're buying a wine and not, and not hesitate to ask the questions and not be intimidated by that. Hey, Tom, how do you buy wine? It's, it's one of my stories with wine is that for the longest time and Jeremy, Jeremy was there in the Sonoma trip we did. I went from, so I graduated school and I was interning with the race team. And then one of the first trips they sent me on was out to Sonoma. Right. So I had gone from like, right. just literally slapping the bag at college parties to all of a sudden someone's handed me this very nice bottle of wine. And I was like, it, it hit me at that moment. I was like, Oh, there is a difference between the Kmart and Costco wine. And, and, but, you know, we had the, and JD and Lang both got to meet these people when we were out in Sonoma, but they own their own vineyard. And it was something that had been in their family for generations. Right. And it was really cool. I, I almost enjoyed hearing the story as, oh, yeah. as much, if not more than drinking the wine. Cause just like you were saying, Corinne, where it's, you know, you hear the backstory and the thought process and the care and the hard work that goes into it. And it, it really lent to a really, really cool experience and kind of rounded out the, I keep saying experience, but of drinking their wine. I think it is though. I mean, that was, that wasn't, I think, I think Napa's, you, I mean, Corinne, you, I mean, you've done it, you've traveled and for wine and stuff, but going to a, I don't know, a vineyard here in North Carolina is one thing, but going to Napa and seeing, in my opinion, call me a, a snob in that sense, but I think Napa and Sonoma is like the Mecca of wine in this country. And I think it's, you know, you, you go there and Tom, you, you hit the nail on the head. You, it's an experience. And I think, you know, my, uh, you know, my, my fond memories of going to Sonoma and, and is, is going to the vineyards and the wineries and, and seeing Corinne, to your point, the work that goes into it. Right. And, and right. just the, the beauty of the process and the beauty of the, of the vine itself in a row. It's just very meticulous and very methodical. It's, it's, it's just, it's very, uh, it's almost perfect. Right. And I think that's the, you know, that's the part that I enjoy the most. It struck me as art, right? It it really is art to the growing process and everything that goes into it. It's Uh, like growing cannabis or hemp. There you go. I mean, as I'm growing it now and I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's a full-time job. So and I'll probably get arrested for saying this in the podcast. So it's, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> Well, and I think too, is that's why I, 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 what's great about wine is, you know, I might drink a Pinot from Santa Barbara where the, you know, the vintage was 2011. Hmm. I had the same wine maker or, you know, label Santa Barbara and I drink it. The vintage is 2018 and it tastes completely different from what I drank in 2012. It tastes different to you. And to us, it tastes the same, me. probably. <laughs> no, believe it or not, Lang, I think, I think that's another thing. I think people feel like there's, there has to be a right, a right answer on what they're drinking and what they're smelling and wine. Mm-hmm. And everybody's palate and everyone's sense of smell is different from one another. 
I think the reason why I got into wine was I have a, I have a palate that can just pick up so many flavors. I have a high sense of smell. And I think that's what kind of freaked me out when I started drinking wine with like, whoa, I'm picking up all this shit. Whoa, what's going on here? But a lot of that too comes from practice. Like, I mean, how many people can say they can smell gooseberry in a wine? That's practice, right? Like it's, it's not, it doesn't always come natural. And that's why I say there's not always a right answer, but if we can educate people around that and, and make them feel comfortable being wine, CBD, any of that, then they're going to purchase more, right? They're going right. to purchase more and it's going to become part of their lifestyle. And I think that is, that's what's really important is that we got to stop intimidating people. Instead, educate them and make them feel good about what they're purchasing and what they're being a part of. My, uh, you mentioned, we keep talking about Sonoma and um, my, probably one of my favorite um, stories about wine is I was traveling to Watkins Glen one year by myself and um, I kept driving, you know, through the Finger Lakes area and there's all these oh, wineries yeah. on the side of the road. And I was like, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. And then finally, after the last race, everybody else cleared out and I'm heading back and I had, I didn't have a flight till the next day. I pulled in one. There's nobody in the parking lot and I walked up and I'm expecting the guy just to be closed. And he was closing, but he said, come on in, you know, you may show you around. And, and he took me in. It was like, you know, on a six, seven o'clock on a Sunday night. I ended up staying there for a couple of hours. We sat on the back porch in rocking chairs and watched the sunset below the like mountains and James. drinking <laughs> wine. I mean, it was like this amazing experience that just happened because I took the time to stop in and see, you know, this, this winery, um, you know, it just took the chance and this guy was so gracious and just kind of opened his doors mm -hmm. and uh, taught me a lot that I forgot. And, uh, but it was a lot of fun at the time. So Finger Lakes is, has amazing Rieslings up in that area like that that's on my next wine trip i want to go up there and i just want to hit all of it i mean it's it's fantastic they, they produce some fantastic wines in that area you know it's i remember i was doing a work trip to austria and i decided that i was gonna do some personal time and go in like you know two days before my work meetings were going to happen and my husband, David, also known as D-Mart, um, you know, was kind of like, seriously, really? Why, why do we want to do this? And I said, when else am I going to have an opportunity to experience, experience these wines, right? And I went in, it was off season. It was in November of 2019. I got myself a driver that was, you know, recommended by a, you know, a, a friend of mine. And I had the most amazing time and in doing wine tasting in Europe is completely different than doing in the U S in the U S usually you have to pay for, for your wine tastings. Right. So the first winery I walk into Loimer, very modern. It's kind of in the middle of this Austrian countryside. I walk in and they're pulling out 
bottle after bottle after bottle. <clears throat> Literally, there were 25 bottles in front of me. Holy cow. And immediately I'm like, shit, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> God damn. Right? Like, I'm like, oh my God. And finally, I said to, to this wonderful um, wine manager, I said, um, listen, how much is it for this tasting? And she's like, we don't charge for tasting. Hmm. And I went, well, then let's not stop at 25 bottles. Keep on coming. Keep going, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the point was, then the winemaker came out and I had this one-on-one -on -one experience with the winemaker, just and that was another thing. Like when I arrived, I expected a group of people to be there. No, it was just me, some crazy American, just randomly coming to, you know, uh, one of the best wineries in Austria. And the winemaker is literally <clears throat> holding my hand and taking me through their, their process. <clears throat> and I, I just, at that point, I'm like, I know I'm on the right path. This is what I'd love to do. This is my balance between work and personal life. I love this shit. So it was, it was what, incredible. What's the uh, what's the dream trip for you? Well, listen, I would probably say the number one is to head over to New Zealand and check that out i also want to definitely do south africa okay uh but i love to go to what i call the motherland and that's france and literally it would be a month-long excursion to france just to hit you know loire valley bordeaux chablis champagne all of it, all of those regions, but not rush through it. Like it, it, it would, it would definitely be a deep dive into each of those regions. Um, but yeah, that's that's something to look forward to for sure. To do all of that, that'd be cool. Yeah, really cool. Tom, Tom, what's your dream trip? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Tom, I, I, so, I was very fortunate. I got to go to Italy a couple of years ago, and I got to try some wine. Oh. So that was a very cool experience. Well, um, that's what I'm drinking right now. Little Nebbiolo from the Piemonte, uh, Barillo uh, wine region. This is fantastic. This is one of my, and believe it or not, this bottle in particular is about 20 bucks. Hmm. $20. I thought Barillo made pasta. A... <laughs> Barillo, not Barillo. <laughs> <laughs> But this wine is fantastic in the sense of it's a 2018. You can lay this down and it will continue to develop. It has a wonderful balance of uh, tannins, acidity, and it has this really fun tartness to it. Uh, like my nickname, tart, um, you know, nice cherry tart tartness to it and which tells me that it's going to have a lot of room to develop. And it's a, it's a great wine for the price point so again like you don't have to spend a shitload of money to have a good wine so it's just a matter of like how do you find it and where do you find it right do you let is the is it normal to let red wine breathe you know i think it depends on the red wine itself right like if it's an older red wine i would probably let it breathe a little bit 
Um, there are some wines where I, I will open them up about an hour to two hours before I drink them, just because I know they're going to be a little bit bitter. Um, they might just need to ease out the, you know, the smoothness of it. So, you know, it depends. It just depends on what you're drinking for sure. I, I have, you know, I have a Corvin. So a lot of times I will use a Corvin. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Um, it's a great little gadget where you don't have to open up an entire bottle of wine. Uh, so you can, you can do a quick taste to see where that wine is. And trust me, I've opened wines that have been pretty freaking expensive and they were corked. And thank God I used a Coravin to see if it was corked or not. So it's a nice little option to have, to, especially if you're hosting and so forth to, to taste it, you know, to test it out and see if I want to let it breathe or not. But most times, Laying, I, I will, I'll open up a red wine about 30 minutes to an hour before I start drinking it. For the novice in us, what does cork mean? Cork? Oh man, it's, it's painful. Um, it's, it's pretty much how I would put it is like when the cork itself kind of rots and a lot of okay. oxidation gets into the wine. And so when you open it up, usually you'll smell like wet cardboard uh it's not a you'll know like you'll smell That's like the one to like, get the tom is... <laughs> like you tom that's the that those are the wines you give tom those are the wines you give out to somebody uh, you need to correct and tell you if it's court or not and then you can give it away as a gift yeah i've got a cabinet full yeah, of it. yeah exactly you, you you recognize the smell immediately it's just wet and yeah gross and ugh. It's it's but it's also heartbreaking too, especially if you're looking forward to drinking the wine. Oh, I could imagine. Like, oh shit. Yeah. But it happens. It happens. What causes oh. that? You know, there's a lot of reasons that it happens. It could just be a bad cork. Um, you know, it could be a bottling situation. There's a number of things that could happen, or it could be <laughs> it could have been stored improperly, right? I think. This is this is where I get a little bit anal laying is how people store their wine. Like I, you know, I've walked into a friend's house and I see wine that's on the kitchen countertop next to the refrigerator and there's a bright light coming in. I'm like, God damn it. Have a little respect for the wine. Even if it's a, you know, a, a lesser expensive wine, have some damn respect for it. Um, wine should be in a cool, dark place, right? And I know not everybody has a cellar. You can use your pantry for that. Just keep it in a cool, dark place where there's not a lot of vibration from appliances. And because it can disrupt the wine. Huh. Now, for me, you know, I'm, I'm one of those crazy people where, you know, my reds are, are between 55 and 59 degrees and, all of that crazy stuff, but I know not everyone has a wine cooler and that's okay. As long as it stays in a cool, dark place and it's not in a temperature area where it's fluctuating, it, it will impact the wine. The way I, I describe wine and DMART, my husband, David always laughs at me is wine is like a lady. It should be treated with respect. That's right. Wave that on, Lang. 
I was waving a gram. I was waving a gram. He, he made, I, by the way, it only took him, it took him, it took him 30 minutes to make an appearance. 30 minutes. So Miracle. How you store it, how you open it, how you serve it. And it doesn't matter if it's a $10 bottle of wine or a $2,000 bottle of wine. Treat it with respect. Hey, Tom is the only single guy on here. That's good advice for you. Yeah, well... So, she said at a cool, dark place, and I was like, okay, I'm good. And then I thought, and she said, oh, make sure it's not going to be somewhere where it vibrates. And I went, oh, shit, I have it about two feet from my washer and dryer. So, yeah, I was just thinking, thank God, thank God Krenz has come to my house in a while, because since she's been at our house, I keep the wine out. It's basically uh, red, stand, it's not even laying down, it's standing up, and it's it's mixed in with everything else. So There you go. But, well, Lance, I need to come over and straighten you and Andrea out. I yeah, we'll just that. send us a wine fridge. Yeah, we'll send us a wine cooler. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll store my balls at your house. That'd be great. <clears throat> I love it. I will take I care think of JD, I think JD and I keep our wine the same way, uh, out in the kitchen counter, standing up. Maybe, I think he, you might keep yours in the pantry, JD, right? Yeah, we keep the closed, the bottled, uh, closed bottles in the pantry and then the open bottles that we drank on out on the counter. But you don't just have them sitting around your house the way they're over or, your or back behind right me. I was going to say, how long does a bottle last in your house once you uncork it? Uh, when we're not doing 75 hard, not very long. Yeah, I was going to say the next day. It's so, JD, um, if you know you're not going to drink the next day, how do you save your wine? I'm curious. We've got one of those court, like manufactured corks or whatever that we put in. The, the yeah. vacuums? Like the little yep. vacuum? Yeah, you pump, okay. pump down on it. Yep. yep, you pump it, pump it, yeah. There's another great um, device called Repour where you don't have to use the vacuum system, and it's fantastic, too. Uh, and it will Repour. keep lying for, yeah, Repour. I'll send you a link, JD. Okay. What, is it, what do does that. it do, Corinne? And, I, and they're not paying me. They're not paying me for anything. I was going to say, that's a promo. A great, that's not a promo. They're just a. It's just a great little tool to have, and they're not super expensive. So we're gonna add Tom to this to thing. Have. Not an infomercial. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag not an ad. Yeah. So <laughs> keeping it with a cork like that's bad, Corinne. <laughs> I mean, it's nineteen crimes. So what am I doing wrong? Is I need the twentieth crime. Oh, you're you're committing a crime doing that. <laughs> It'll be gone later. So that's right. As long as you know where you're going to drink it, that's all yeah, good. I mean, tomorrow's Friday. So <laughs> as we sit here on, on as we sit here on a Thursday, expecting a blizzard coming to Charlotte this weekend, right? So it'll probably oh uh, yeah, will, one inch only, of snow uh, and maybe some ice, and everything which, will shut down. Which only shut us down for the week. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, Corinne, where you live, you might get rain, but we're, we'll probably get snow and have no power. And I got to fill the bathtubs up in the house so I have water for the toilets. <laughs> That's right. You're 25. You're 25 minutes north. That's right. You guys. We get the, we get the lake effect snow. The as they used to tell Slock. So. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's your, amazing. Like, what's your? Uh, so if I if I were to say if, if JD and I were to say CBD to you, what what comes to mind? What do you think about? calmness and and the reason reason why I say that is you know Lang you know my history um and I have quite a I have quite the history I was gonna say this could go many this could go many different paths so 
Hey, and just um, like, give people a little background. You guys used to work together. Yes, we used to work at the GMR a long time ago. And Corinne yep. has made a career of it now. She's a lifer. I, I am a lifer. Um, I think I actually, Lang, I think I've been fired a few times, but I'm like the guy in office space with the red stapler. Exactly. I just stick around. Yeah, just stick around. <laughs> wait, wait two years for Olympics. They'll hire you back. So. No, I mean, Lang and I have worked on, um, you know, when he was at GMR, we, we did some uh, alcoholic business with, yep. with Jim Beam and uh, Lang also helped us with, uh, Olympic activation and so forth. And so, you know, my career has continued with GMR, but there was a little bit of a hiccup uh, in 2015. I, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and it, you know, took us, took a step back. So I had to do six months of chemotherapy and typical with the side effects. I had a lot of you know, nausea with that and so forth. And just, you know, the medicine that they would prescribe me was not working. I mean, you know, it was just bullshit. And so I actually use CBD to help me through those rough times. Uh, There was also a lot of anxiety during that time because, you know, you're always being tested to see if the, if the tumors were shrinking and so forth. And there's a lot of mental issues around that. And I just, you know, I wasn't sleeping well and plus physically I wasn't feeling great. So I, I was using CBD to, to help me with all that bullshit. And it, it was a game changer for me, it was a game changer. And that has, uh, and that's why I'm so excited with Lang and you all being involved in this is, you know, I still find myself anxious. I have dogs that are anxious. And so I, you know, want to continue to use CBD to help with that. And, and it's not just about anxiety. It's just about kind of a, this lifestyle, right? And just being able to have those resources to help with your healthiness of your life, right? And I think that's just that's just truly important. So that's I know that's probably way too personal, no, way perfect. too much TMI. But I think that know that people, you know, there's there's other options out there. There's other options. And I think that's really important to know. It's great. That's really great. Uh, it's, that's perfect. I mean, JD, you're going to say something? Sorry. No, go ahead. I was going right. to say, I mean, Corinne, that, that's, those are the stories that make us uh, realize that what, why we're doing this. And it's, um, right. you know, we had, we had James Raspoli on last podcast and he talked about CBD. He used to be a square and now CBD makes him a circle. Yeah. And it kind of just oh, yeah. roughens the edges, right? And I use that a lot now because I think that's what it does. And he also, he used a great analogy. We talk about education and CBD is not one of those, like red wine, you drink it and you feel the effects of red wine like that, right? CBD, it's, yeah. it takes seven, 10 days for it to actually take an impact in your life. And he said, the good CBD, you don't even realize it's doing it until you wake up one day and you're like, you just feel a change. And you feel good. You, know, you feel good. You feel better, right? I mean, that's and so yeah, a, you feel good. A, we're happy you're healthy. And B, we're happy that CBD helped you get through that. And 
you know, we have some yep. products that are uh, that will help your dogs with anxiety. We have CBD dog treats. Um, That's right. You know, so I think anxiety is a big thing. And, you know, anxiety comes in all different forms. People don't even realize sometimes they have anxiety. And J.D. and I, I've told you, Tom and J.D. know this, but about a year ago, I went to the hospital thinking I was on a heart attack. And it turned out to be an anxiety attack. And I was like, what are you talking about anxiety? Like, he's like, well, the doctor's like, well, walk me through your life. And I walked him through what was going on. The race team was closing. This was happening. He's like, man, your life sucks right now. Of course you're anxious. Like, I'm like, hey, thanks, doc. I really needed that vote of confidence there, you know? So, but, you know, he's my family doctor for years. He knew me and he's like, hey, you're, you're, you're have anxiety. You just, and it shows, it shows differently in, every, in everybody, right? Sometimes it's, you don't feel, you don't, you don't feel anxious, but your body, your breathing changes, or you, you start getting sweats, or yeah. you, you start thinking about things over and over again. And, you know, so hearing you say that it's, you know, fighting cancer is one thing, but also having anxious, having anxiety about it, what the next day brings, the fact that CBD was CBD, not making any medical claims, the fact that it was able to help you get through that process and, and allow your cancer medicines to work is the important part, right? Because, you know, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the piece that, is most important close to Jeremy and I is we did this for AR passion, but also to help people's lifestyles and, and make sure they can live a healthy lifestyle. The ultra marathoner to the everyday housewife, to the person who's working a nine to five job, who's single living by themselves. I mean, it's, it's anybody can have these issues, right? Especially this day and age, Jeremy and I talk about it often the last two years, if you're not anxious, you're not alive. I mean, yeah. I agree. Unless you're living in a, a cave somewhere, you're not living right. You're not. You're not. You're, you're not experiencing life if you're not anxious, because everyone's anxious right now, because no one knows what tomorrow brings. And the last two years have been a complete shit show, right? And you know, and who knows what the future brings? And you know, our our passion for this is, like Raspoli said, take the corners off, round the edges, and make life. You know, he also said stuff used to stick to them, right? And now things roll off his back. And it's it's a perfect example of what our products do. They help you with those, those and, and you have to, you just have to give it a chance. That's the thing we always, we always stress. It's not instant, you know, it's not the, the red wine effect where you feel, you know, one glass, one and a half, two glasses, you feel the buzz. You don't feel that from CBD. You're not supposed to. That's the, you know, that's the, that's right. the misconception. So we, I appreciate you telling your story and sharing that part. Yeah, I think it's, I think, you know, when you talk about the effects taking, you know, seven to 10 days, you know, I would get done with a chemotherapy treatment. I was already thinking about the, in two weeks doing the next round, right? And so I would start taking CBD just to manage the two weeks in between. It wasn't so much when the chemotherapy was happening at that time. It was the, it was the, runway to the chemotherapy that I was like, shit, I, I just need some help here. Right. And I think what's really important is people should not feel embarrassed or feel less of themselves for utilizing a natural resource such as CBD. Yeah. And To me, it's like that is if it's available, especially a quality that you guys are producing and sharing, it's okay. Like it's okay to have some help. Yeah. 
don't be embarrassed by that and, and continue to utilize that, that, you know, that support mechanism. So important. So important. And I think it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to continue to research, you know, red wine that's infused with CBD. You know, some people might take that as like, wow, that's a double whammy. Right on. And actually it's, it's just the opposite. It actually is very helpful. The side effects of having red wine infused with CBD are not as strong as if you just drink wet, red wine by itself. It probably neutralizes the effect. It totally neutralizes yeah. the effect, you know, and people will ask, you know, well, then what's the quality of the wine? You know what? It, it could be a personal preference, right? Like, if you don't feel comfortable just drinking wine and you don't feel comfortable taking just CBD, well, you, now you got the best of both worlds yeah. and it's going to give you a nice balance, right? And, and actually the side effects are probably going to be minimized than if you just take, just drink red wine, right? GD, I see so our next I, product in the, I see our next product coming down the line here. <laughs> That's all right. Collaboration. Yeah. So time. I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, there's, the option is there, right? And again, you guys are doing an incredible job educating because I think some people just don't understand. They always think of, you know, CBD. They think of something that it's more, you know, is it legal, you know, right. you know all that kind of bullshit. So it's, it's really, there's just such a great opportunity here for sure. Great opportunity. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Corrine. Hey, I I, I want to say this, and and I'll, I know we're kind of getting long on time, so I want to be respectful of your time. But uh, about eight years or so ago, I was in Minnesota for this conference, and they brought in a sommelier to speak to the group and and talk about the experiences that they can provide. And you hit on this a little bit earlier, but I was just blown away at the knowledge and the depth and the intricacies of what this sommelier spoke about and and you know all the pairings of food and and it was just unbelievable so you know for someone that's going down a path like you are to to be able to to share that knowledge is pretty spectacular i mean that's a you know when someone who has who enjoys wine, no matter how, you know, deep of a level they have for it, uh, to be able to sit with someone like yourself and, and understand the, all the intricacies that come with it and all the, the ways to kind of, you know, exponentially, you know, enjoy it. And it's just fascinating. So I, I hope that, um, people are able to, to share those experiences with you when you're, when you're ready to do that. Oh, thank you, JD. I appreciate that. And I will tell you that I, I'm amazed by people who go down the path of becoming a sommelier because the work involved in that is so incredible. Um, there's a local establishment in Charlotte where um, the owner is an advanced sommelier. So there's different levels of sommelier. And most people recognize the master sommelier level because of the Psalm series that you see on, on Netflix, where it takes like 10, 15 years to become a master sommelier. Should I don't have time for that. Um, and, and nor do I want to go down that road. But 
it is it is incredible for the the knowledge that they acquire but the knowledge that they want to share is is so much and when i went as i've gone through my education and i i've met these incredible people i just sit there like shit i would can i just like live with you for a, a few weeks and just absorb everything you, that you know um and that's that's just that's what i want to share with people probably on a little bit of a different level but i think more so than anything is that i want people to walk away and say wow i i actually learned something and i'm okay going outside my comfort zone on trying wine i mean i've had people that where i've done wine tastings and they've said i fucking hate Chardonnay. I'm not going to drink it. Okay. Fine. Can I share something with you? Will you try this? And they drink it. They're like, wow, this is pretty good. I go, great. You just drank a Chardonnay mm -hmm. from Chablis in France. <laughs> no, no, I did not. I'm like, yeah, you did. Chardonnay can take on different forms, right? And I think that is what's fun is being able to expose people to so many different things, uh, especially in wine. And then you guys have the same, same passion and exposing people to CBD, right? Post-recovery for workouts, you know, supporting little boo-boos dogs that's what i call dogs little boo-boos to help them with their little anxiety i got like nervous there for a second I, <laughs> you probably thought i was talking about dmart little boo-boo for dmart it's just there's so many options out there and i think that's that's what's fantastic and you know and i i love talking about it and i love learning about it well, so we appreciate you being. We appreciate being on here, and we appreciate your expertise or your uh, passion for wine that, that mirrors our passion for CBD. Yeah, thank you. Right, thank you. And appreciate hey, Tom, it. don't forget to throw the uh, the podcast code out there. Yeah, yeah. So for twenty five percent off on QueenCityGreen.com, use code REDWINE twenty five. It's all capital letters. Uh, it'll be on the. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's a link here as well. Um, so Corinne, again, Jeremy just said it, but thank you very much for lending your enthusiasm and your knowledge. Uh, you made us all much smarter. I gotta go move my bottles of wine, uh, away from my wall. <laughs> but, uh, hey, box wine doesn't count, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, and a quick shout out, a quick shout out for, to Snoop Dogg there. Dude went from rapping about gin and juice to being on uh, bottles of wine. Uh, That's right. Snoop, yeah. Snoop is the man. He knows how to market. He and knows those, how to him do and, the him and Shaq. Him and Shaq. That's whenever, uh, Shaq. Whenever the worlds of red wine and CBD collide, I think Snoop Dogg should be on that bottle for sure. I mean, it's perfect, right? It was fitting. There we go. There we go. For so sure. thank you very much for Definitely. listening. Thank you, Corinne. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back in, uh, in a few days with another episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thank Corinne. Thank you all.